What's up, everybody? It is Monday again. I know you've been looking forward to this. Uh, it's party time. Why not? I uh, hope everybody had a great weekend. I've had a tremendous one. My voice is still trying to be weird, trying to be squirrely. But uh, we shall prevail. We shall prevail. We're living in a crazy world, folks. Uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams said that the migrant issue will cause a financial tsunami. The first tsunami in recent memory that liberals haven't blamed on climate change. Oh, yeah. You would think if you had the ability to stop the rain, like you could stop the tsunami, it sort of can stop the illegals. But no, they're not going to do that. Uh, AOC recently declared that this talk about inflation is all propaganda, (laughs) which just shows she doesn't know what the words inflation and or propaganda means. Uh, She's stupid. NYPD, that's right, New York Police Department, they're going to cut overtime pay from officers to help pay for the migrant crisis. So now just to clear that up for everybody, they're taking money away from the police officers so they can pay for the people who are breaking the law. Can't make this up, guys. Can't make it up. Uh, Communist revolutionaries. That's that's a strong term right there. Communist revolutionaries. Uh, They burned an American flag outside a Jason Aldean concert. (laughs) That's just a funny thing to say. Uh, Communist revolutionaries are coming after Jason Aldean. Uh, I'd be much more impressed if they had the stones to try burning the flag inside a Jason Aldean concert. Try that in a small town. California voters have strong opposition to the Democratic plan for cash reparations. If a California voter can tell it's a bad idea, you know it's a bad freaking idea. Hey, a CNN poll. I love this one. It showed that Trump was plus one over Biden and Democrats are complaining that the CNN poll, the CNN poll oversampled Republicans. <laughs> because if there's one thing CNN is known for, it's talking to Republicans. Oh, boy. Ah, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine uh, the other day. And he said, it's interesting to me that they keep that they started using the word insurrection uh from the very beginning january 6 the word was insurrection i don't know if you guys know this or not but that's not a word that gets tossed around a lot like that's a 19th century word it's not one that gets a lot of modern usage especially in the 21st century nobody's really been talking a lot about insurrections but then january 6th happened and suddenly it was on everybody's lips you know i told you guys for years that Uh, There's all these vocabulary words that emerge and suddenly become part of our everyday language. Uh, You know, words like COVID and pandemic and, uh, you know, uh, gender studies. And (laughs) suddenly insurrection was on everybody's tongue, these insurrectionists. And now we're seeing people who are going to jail for, you know, for a long, long period of time. Uh, You know, the leader of the Proud Boys. Uh, uh, What's his name? Terrio. He was... um, Sentenced to 22 years. The prosecution was going after 30. He wasn't even at the Capitol. Wasn't even at the Capitol. It's interesting to me that uh, this travesty of justice that's happening uh, built around this concept of insurrection, which I don't know that prior to January 6th of 2020, many people could really define insurrection. I think probably if you ask a man on the street, most of them couldn't define it now. But they still use the word. Uh, this concept has become prevalent. And, it, and so someone was asking me, why that word? And so it set me on a little bit of a, a little research 
trip, and uh, I want to I want to unpack that for you a little bit. Why they're using the word insurrection? Now, if you will, uh, Brandon, I want you to play for me an old clip. This is the debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Play this clip. You have repeatedly we- criticized the the vice president for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left-wing extremist groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland? Are you prepared to to specifically do it? I I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing. Not from the right so wing. So what are you? What are you? you look, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and right like me to condemn white proud supremacists and right proud militia. boys, stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right his wing own, problem. This is, this is a left wing. This is a left wing White supremacist. Antifa is an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not malicious. That's what oh, his okay. FBI, his okay. FBI director Gentlemen, said. Well, then you know what? No, no, we're done, we're done, sir. Everybody, we're moving on to the next. We're moving on to the next. That's not an idea. Everybody in your administration tells you the truth is a bad idea. Can I tell you what? You have no idea. Antifa, Antifa is a dangerous radical All right, radical gentlemen, group. we're now moving on to the Trump and, and Biden records. They'll overthrow you. When a president, seconds. I'm going to ask a question. Yeah, I'd like to slap him in the mouth still. Um, they knew right then at that point in the debate when he said to the Proud Boys, which again, uh, you got a moderator there who is is leading and being misleading when he says white supremacist groups and all that, and then automatically throws in Proud Boys, because, again, that's that's begging the question. How are you associating white supremacy with Proud Boys? Uh, that, that's again, you're lumping people in there together. I don't that's another debate and another thing for another day. But when Trump said, you know, uh, you know, stand back and stand by when he said that they knew that regardless of what happened, with the election, Trump's rhetoric was going to be something they could use against him. Joe Biden called Antifa an idea. Um, no, it's literally a group of people. Um, but they mislead. They attempt to mislead the listener by saying, oh, you're not this is not really a person. Antifa is not really a group of people. That's just an idea. But the Proud Boys, they're actual, you know, white supremacists. They're nationalists or whatever you want to say. Like Trump said, what do you want me to call them? What do you want me to call them? I'll tell them right now, you know, stand back, stand by. That was Trump's way in Trumpese, his way of saying, hey, get out of the way, guys. Stand down. But they knew when he said that, that they could get him on his rhetoric. Now, on January 6th, Trump gave a speech. And they're trying to say that Donald Trump told people to go and invade the Capitol building and overturn the election. Play that clip from that speech. Now it is up to Congress to confront this egregious assault on our democracy. And after this, we're going to walk down and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down. We're going to walk down. Anyone you want, but I think right here, we're going to walk down to the Capitol. 
And we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. And we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them. Because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. Now, what they're saying there is that he was instigating. Immediately, they had the word picked out, an insurrection. This is a guy, Donald Trump, who had already asked for 10,000 more National Guard's troops to be added. Speculation's been as high as 20, but let's say 10,000 more. Nancy Pelosi said no. The fact that they already had the word insurrection, because it was immediate, the fact that they had that narrative, that word picked out to define and describe what was happening on January 6th tells me that what happened on January 6th was in many ways instigated. In many ways, it was rigged. There's, there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered. I mean, there's, there's 41,000 hours of footage that nobody's ever going to get to, especially when, if you know the rules, those who are allowed, those journalists who are allowed to go in and review the security camera footage from, I think, 17,000 cameras are only allowed to go into that room once a week and then only for three hours. There's, how are you going to do that? Three hours a week, you're going to get through 41,000 hours. Uh, you'd, ha- you'd have to go back to the, I mean, it, it would take thousands of years to do that. But they had the word insurrection picked out. The reason is because now what they're doing is they're trying to keep Donald Trump off the ballots. Now, they've, they've, they've attempted stuff like this in the past and their attempts for it now so far are failing because the courts are throwing it out and i think they're going to have a hard time doing it but they're doing it on the basis of the 14th amendment now what is the 14th amendment 14th amendment was adopted in the late 1800s in order to keep uh, those who served in the confederate army who were a part of the south during the civil war from ever being elected to office because they had quote taken an oath to serve a foreign entity against the united states so that means they did not want Confederates who had served in the Confederate Army being president. They didn't want them being the mayor. They didn't want them being anything as an elected official because, and I want to read to you Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office civil or military under the united states or under any state who having previously taken an oath as a member of congress or as an officer of the united states as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer or any state to support the constitution of the united states shall have engaged here's the word go all the way back to the late 1800s engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same, or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such disability. There's the word. They had it picked out because they knew they had to stop Donald Trump no matter what. Now, this is the guy who ordered more security at the Capitol. This is the guy who said, we're going to go down and we're going to cheer on our congressmen and senators. This is the guy who said, we're going to give a strong show of force. What did he mean? We're going to be there in numbers showing that we're patriotic Americans and we believe in not only the process, but we do believe in liberty. We believe that something wrong has happened here. But let me ask you a question. 
if they knew all the way back January 6th of 2020 that they were going to try to use the 14th Amendment if Donald Trump ever was to run again, they already had that word picked out because they already had it planned. No matter what was going to happen, they were going to try to use his rhetoric at bare minimum against him. But then, of course, the, quote, attack on the Capitol happened, right? That's what tells me they had to make it happen. They had to have that happen on January 6th, which further bolsters the idea that it was an inside job, that they knew it was coming, that it was instigated. Listen, when, when, when protesters are standing there and suddenly you're throwing flash grenades into the crowd to agitate them, yeah, I'm thinking something's going to happen. There's going to be a reaction to the stimulus. They'll stop at nothing to stop this man. And that includes death. We've talked about assassination on this. Tucker Carlson's talking about it. Uh, if Joe Biden got 81 million votes, he's the most popular president in the history of the world in the history of the United States. What are they afraid of? Why would they be worried about Donald Trump? Everybody hates him, right? Mainstream media hates him. Hollywood hates him. Everybody with a platform, everybody with a voice, they all hate Donald Trump. Why wouldn't they let him on the ballot? What are they so scared of that they've got to take this guy out? And they know that this idea of the 14th Amendment, it's not going to stand. He's still going to be on the ballot. They're not going to... Listen, even Alan Dershowitz, who plans to vote against Donald Trump again, has stated over and over again that he has the right at least to vote against the man. This ploy is as un-American, unpatriotic, and against the cause of liberty as anything can possibly be. Now, I'll remind you guys what these people are capable of. People like um, Barack Obama and Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State. Remember how they took out Muammar Gaddafi and the way they did that? need to go back and do a little research on that. Now, I'm not saying Gaddafi was a good person, but, you know, when he's taken out of his home, he's dragged through the street, he's beaten, he's sodomized, and then he's murdered. Uh, that's what they did. And that's what they'll do to Trump if they got the opportunity. These are cold-blooded killers, folks. These are cold-blooded killers. They take out their opposition. And I promise you, if this 14th Amendment ploy doesn't work, they'll be coming after Trump's life. And they better pray to God that not one hair on that man's head gets harmed or it's going to be a problem, a major problem. We're sitting on a powder keg, but that's why they've used that word. They had it planned from the very beginning. They had to carry out the plan. And that's why I'm convinced it was instigated, instigated, folks. Insurrection. Nobody tosses around the word insurrection. Uh, listen, guys, there's a lot to be nervous about out there. Open social media and turn on the news and you'll see all crime, societal decay. A lot of people just run out and buy a gun and then it just sits in a safe. If there's ever an emergency, they're not going to be prepared and they run the risk of hurting themselves or others. There's no way around it. You need to train and you need to train often. Uh, unfortunately, it's, it's time consuming to go to the range. Uh, you may not even have a range near you and ammo prices are through the roof. Well, I target, you've heard me say it. They were invented so you could practice anytime in the safety and convenience of your own home. Simply download the iTarget pro app, load your caliber specific laser bullet into the firearm, start training. You can practice alone, compete with friends, use it to safely train friends and family who are new to firearms. Go to iTargetPro.com, get 10% off at checkout. When you use offer code CHAD, I spell it Chad. This is the smartest, safest way to train, which is why competitive shooters trust dry fire training as part of their regimen. Get yours today. That's the letter I, targetpro.com. Itargetpro.com. Don't forget, use offer code CHAD. We'll be right back. 
Yeah, you know, the Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys, they won the Super Bowl last night. I don't know if y'all know that or not. They won the Super Bowl, baby. Beat the Giants 40 to nothing. Uh, <laughs> sacked the Giants quarterback seven times. Wow. Insane. So just go ahead and give them the ring. They've won it, Cowboys. They've already done it. Now, I think 32 of those points were on the defense, so Dak Prescott still sucks. Um, I, uh, yeah, anyway. I got a special guest I'm trying to get in here Wednesday that we'll talk some more about this stuff. Uh, somebody you know and love, and we're working it out. We'll see. Uh, I mean, Joe Biden, certainly they don't need to invoke the 14th Amendment to get rid of Trump. I mean, Joe Biden's under control. He's got this thing. I mean, this guy is collected with his thoughts. I mean, everything he says, you just hang on every word. Um, it's amazing, this guy, the, just the intellectual and political prowess he possesses. Whew. I, uh, I feel creepy just saying all that. Uh, can I remind you? who Joe Biden is. Can I, just, can I just remind you? Sometimes we forget. Sometimes you, sometimes you know it, but yet you need to see it again just to bring the cringe back, all right? Play for me. Please, clip number one. We're going to stand right next to me. There you go. And then we're going to have... There you go. Got it? Okay. Look at this. Look at this! Come on, bro. What are you doing? What are you doing? Look at her face. Look at her face. Oh, what are you doing? Get your lips off of the little girl. What are you doing? Where's your hand, Joe? No date to your 30. God, somebody needs to knock this dude out. You're 12, what you did? Oh, my God. Stop, stop petting the children, Joe. Stop petting. All right, sister. I like kids better than people. Uh, bro. Okay, Even the, even the little girls trying to get away. Stop it, Joe. You know what? Uh, and I know people are gonna say, well, he's just a sweet guy. You know, he just cares so much. Stop smelling the kids. He's a pedophile, bro. I mean, it's as creepy as you can be without doing anything like blatantly over the line where it's just, ah, it's so uncomfortable to watch. Let me tell you something. If there were videos of me out there (laughs) rubbing children like that, putting my hand under their arm and cupping their breasts and rubbing their belly and they put together a montage like that of me. Yeah. And then it got out on Twitter. Do you know how many of my haters would absolutely, <laughs> they would lap it up, dude. Oh, the Krasensteins would be having a day. Oh, they, they would lap it up. Hope that footage never gets out. <laughs> <laughs> There's no footage. There's no footage. But, I mean, that, that's, that's a drop in the bucket right there with Joe. God. Mm. Ah. It's insane. That we, that that's, that's the president of the United States. But it gets worse. I'm going to pop down to, uh, I'm gonna pop down to uh, nine because Joe's been in Vietnam. And, and forget the fact that today it marks the 22nd anniversary of 9-11. You know, and um, there have been some 9-11s where the president stayed at the White House, but typically they go to... Pennsylvania, 
where Flight 93 crashed, or they go to Ground Zero, or they go to the Pentagon. Joe's in Alaska. I mean, Joe's got all this work to do, right? And you know, this, this, whole, this whole mantra of never forget, it seems like we've forgotten. Um, and when the President of the United States doesn't even care enough, when MSNBC doesn't even have their time of remembrance anymore, it seems like we've forgotten. And, um, but then again, you know, Joe, Joe isn't the guy that I think is, is looking to put America first anyway. And so here he is in Vietnam. He's, I wouldn't say he's giving a speech. He's talking to some reporters here, finishing his remarks. And this is what happens. Play it. We talked about at the conference overall, we talked about stability. We talked about making sure that the third world, the, uh, excuse me, third world, the, uh, the, the, uh, the southern hemisphere had access to changes, had access. We, it wasn't confrontational at all. He came with me. Thank, thank you, everybody. And this you're done. The press conference. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. And you're done. They play him out the piano music. Uh, the music's the best part for me. with every person I've met with. Mr. President, yeah. are you worried about your son being indicted, Mr. President? Angry Joe. Angry Joe. I, I love what Shane Gillis says in his new uh, comedy special. He says when Joe finishes a speech, yeah. he's like a Roomba walking yeah, he around. Roomba's off. If anybody hasn't go watch that special, 1,000% go watch it. Go watch it. You can watch it on YouTube, I think. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, Shane Gillis' new special is hilarious, but yeah. it, it's... He says he's like a Roomba, just kind of walking around, just kind of backing up. And uh, they just, they just, his staff just cut him off. Okay, that concludes what we're going to do here today. Yeah. Could and you then imagine- they start playing out piano music like you're at the steakhouse. Yeah, could you imagine them trying to do that to Trump, trying to cut off his mic? He just started yelling. Do you remember when Trump went to the summit, you know, and that guy was standing in his way, and he just jack slapped him right there by the <laughs> yeah. arm and chest, just pushed him out of the Shoved way, him out then of the fixes way. his coat? Yeah. <laughs> Bring that back, please. Can we please freaking just bring that back? Um, uh, man, oh man, dude. The um, but again, you got you got people like Cackle and Kamala, who you know is. Well, let's go back to this. Eric Adams, who is the mayor of New York, I alluded to him in the first segment. Um, this guy, his city's falling apart. I mean, New York is done. New York City is done. Just give Manhattan to the illegals. You guys are toast. You know, that your, your $56 million high-rises that, you know, on the 77th floor that overlook Central Park, pff, that's done. It's done. Y'all are living in the third world. Um, just watch and see. Uh, play clip number six and get a little dose of Eric Adams here. Because critics on the right have noted that New York City is a sanctuary city, and this migrant crisis comes with that territory. What do you say to those who think uh, you relinquish your right to complain about the stresses it places on your city because of that? Well, I I think that those comments coming from those far right Trump like Republicans who are (laughs) continue to try to distort the reality uh, that uh, we do not have real immigration reform, uh, that we should allow a true decompression strategy, uh, protect our borders in the right way and make sure that when you look at this city, the status of uh, right to shelter. Uh, No one who created this uh, decades ago uh, took into account 
that we were talking about hundreds of thousands of people potentially coming to coming to the city. No, bro. You wanted it. You wanted to be a sanctuary city. You got it. Now, he stood up there in front of his city council the other day and said, I've never had a problem that I couldn't find a solution to, but I ain't got a solution to this one. He's a he's a one termer. <laughs> yeah. What's funny is he said as uh, Trump light Republicans, and I'm pretty sure MSNBC that day literally said Eric Adams is pulling his best Trump impression yeah. by saying there's too many immigrants, too many immigrants. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he, he doesn't want them in his city, that's for sure. And The View, I mean, of course, we've got to get all of our information <laughs> from The View. I mean, The View, they those <laughs> parrot heads, they, they got to sit there and talk about, oh, here's what they got to do. Here's what they got to do. You got to reset all these immigrants. I mean, and then Anna Navarro is going to talk about coming over from Cuba and all that. Oh, they're going <laughs> to play clip, just play clip seven. But frankly, you know, I think we need to find, and, and we've dealt with this before. I, I lived in, uh, in Miami. I was a migrant, an immigrant in Miami in the 80s. You'll remember when we had the Marielle boat lift. Yes. 125,000 Cubans yeah. came in a matter of six months. It puts tremendous stress on, on, on a city, Does on it? a community, on the social services. They need to be resettled elsewhere. They need, right? to, they need to be out. We're this spread, massive yeah. country. Well, and yeah. it's only going to get worse Idiot. with global warming and climate change because people can't live in certain parts of this world. Oh, then they get bringing in the global warming and the climate change. People can't live in certain parts of this world. Let's resettle them elsewhere. Get them out of the cities. Yeah, send them to the polar ice caps. Greenland is vacant. Let's put them there. I mean, let's resettle them in Greenland. Where do you want to send them? Let's put them in Nova Scotia. Oh, my gosh. Put them in the Arctic tundra in northern Canada. I mean, they, they seem to love all that stuff. You notice, notice none of these people want to go to Toronto or Montreal. They, they don't want to go to Canada. No, they, they want to go to New York. New York, basement. That, that's where the dreams come true, right? That's where they want to be in the city that never sleeps unless you're sleeping on the street or in somebody else's hotel. Uh, it's a nightmare, but don't worry, Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, she's got it all summed up, man. She's uh, she's the border czar, don't forget. Uh, play clip number five. You know, Do you my think the strategy is working, despite the numbers being up? Overall, we are seeing progress. Are we? But there is, it, we're not going to have a constant, there are going to be fluctuations. That is normal, just like the weather fluctuates and, and circumstances fluctuate, such as elections in those regions and what that might mean. Mm. It doesn't mean that we keep our foot off the gas. We have to stay focused and understand there has to be a long-term strategy as well as a short-term strategy. Yeah. What is that strategy? Um, and, and here's, so was it and here's too early bottom. to say that the strategy was working when the numbers went down? My point is that focusing on root causes mm -hmm. and doing <laughs> the work that we have been doing to bring U.S. investment into those countries in a way that is supportive of their economies and supportive of fighting corruption actually yeah. works. That's right, folks. So that's her solution. That's her long-term and her short-term solution is to send your tax dollars to those countries to give to those corrupt governments to boost their economy so that those people will what? Want to stay home? Uh, that's not the way that works, Kamala, but you're an idiot. And so here we are. Uh, New York, I don't have any sympathy. Chicago, no sympathy. Washington, D.C., no sympathy. You want it to be a sanctuary city. Suck it. Simple as that. Uh, in light of that, do you guys get the feeling that something bad's about to happen soon? <laughs>
kind of got that feeling. Uh, between the distractions and the smoke screens and the media, we probably won't see it coming. That's why it's smart to go ahead and invest right now in some of that emergency food. Uh, listen, I live 30 minutes away from the biggest colony of illegals uh, in the country, right there just northwest of Houston. It's a powder keg. There's no telling what could happen, any, and it could happen any day. Uh, you better have some abilities to, you know, escape to some places, maybe a little spot out in the country to get away from folks, but you need to have some food on hand. And uh, my Patriot Supply is the nation's leader in high-quality emergency food. Go to my special website, preparewithchad.com. You don't need a promo code. They got a great deal built in. You'll save $200 on your three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. You get a wide variety of delicious meals. They give you over 2,000 calories every day for optimum strength under stress. So stock up before the panic sets in. Free shipping is automatic. Your order is going to ship fast and arrive discreet. Go to preparewithchad.com. Get your food. Go to preparewithchad.com. Be right back. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, Mark Jones is the uh, he is the hunting hunter outreach director for Gun Owners of America. Uh, he's up in Wyoming. I'll be up there next week, and we'll try to get with him and shake his hand, hug his neck. Uh, he's on the program now. Mark, how, first of all, how's the weather in Wyoming? What is it? Is it cooler than Texas? It is. It was about 50 <laughs> degrees last night. It's wonderful right now in Wyoming. Oh. That's that's the view from my out my back door. So I'm pretty blessed. That's amazing. I'm looking forward to being up there. Um, and uh, it's it's still 100 degrees here in Texas. We're just excited that next week is supposed to get down to 85. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, there's a few things the federal government is doing. Like you know, the thing that broke the news uh, at the end of last week was the New Mexico governor who was wanting to do something very very unconstitutional and. Uh, just, uh, just a nonsense plan that even gun control proponents were saying that she's way off the mark on that, but that mm-hmm. doesn't, but the federal government's still doing some crazy stuff. Um, and, and you're at the forefront fighting that, especially as, as a hunting advocate. And again, even on, on the, uh, on your Twitter, the, the two a hunters, you, I love what it says there. You say, you know, the second amendment is about, isn't, is not about hunting, but hunters need to be about the second amendment. And they're they're coming after all of us. But um, one of the things the Biden administration is trying to do is actually, again, with more bans, banning, uh, shooting, archery, all of this stuff in the schools. What's going on with that? Yes, Chad, that's crazy what's going on. And Biden essentially just issued an executive order through the Department of Education shutting down programs that have been in America's schools since 1965. A lot of people don't realize that not every school does it, but but schools have the opportunity in this country to take advantage of the Elementary and Secondary Education Act that passed 58 years ago. Mm. And they can teach hunter safety. They can they can have shooting teams, trap, skeet, things like that. And they can have archery teams. And to give you some perspective, 600,000 kids went through hunter education in schools last year. 1.3 1.3 million kids participate in archery in schools every year. And Biden just unilaterally shut that down, shut off the funding. And unless Congress does something about it, those programs come to an end in America's schools immediately and will only be done through private entities or through state game and fish agencies. See, when I grew up uh, and I grew up in Georgia, I'll be 51 here in another two months. Um, 
I, we had a we had a shooting range in our school. You know, we had JROC. JROC had ROTC. I'm sorry, had uh, air rifle teams. I mean, we did archery. We had the hunter safety courses, uh, mm-hmm. and you didn't hear the nonsense then. I mean, we 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 rode to school with <laughs> with guns in the rack on the back of our truck in the back <laughs> window. We didn't think anything about what I think people are are dealing with now, which is again a mental mental health issue. We won't get into that, but. I mean, the Biden administration and, and all of these gun control pr- pr- proponents, they, they always come at it from the wrong angle. You know, you would think education would help. But again, they want to keep people in the dark and, and blame the wrong thing. What do people need to do to push back against this? Well, they need to contact their members of Congress because that is the, that's the, the first step uh, in stopping this will be legislation. And there are a number of bills being tossed around in Washington right now in both the Senate and the House to try to stop what Biden's doing. And they need to contact their members of Congress and tell them they want a complete fix to this. Mm-hmm. What we're concerned about, Chad, is a carve out that that rhino Republicans will team up with Democrats and maybe carve out an exception for the hunter education program or the archery and but go ahead and kill the shooting teams. It, it may be surprising to some of your listeners. There are urban schools that have had shooting teams for decades mm. and decades in this country that are funded through these federal programs and they can go shoot trap, skeet or whatever. Fastest growing individual high school sport in America is trap shooting. Mm. So we're really concerned that they will try to carve out just part of this and, and, and but go ahead and kill the shooting teams. We need a complete fix that protects all these programs. And and, you know, it's not the government's role necessary, necessarily to be teaching this stuff, and that's not what we're advocating. These, but, but these programs have been around for 58 years. And, and by cutting them out of the schools, that's going to reduce participation for millions of America's kids, force private entities to step up. And in the meantime, a lot of kids are going to miss out on an opportunity to learn safety, enter these shooting sports. And that's really what the administration wants. They want to stop the next generation from entering the shooting sports yeah and it also villainizes the object i mean that's what they do with the guns is they make them this big evil contraption that everybody should be afraid of because you know that's what guns do they get out of the closet or out of the safe and they go into the schools and they shoot innocent people all by themselves of course we've known that for generations that's what guns do (laughs) exactly and so the further that you can make these things so evil the and, and i think that stuff like this rather than getting someone comfortable and educate them with these tools and that's what a gun is um, you know, that's what a firearm is. They're, they're villainizing it. Uh, you know, I'm a hunter and I, this is a big buck year for me. I know it. I can feel it in my blood already. This is going to be a good one. Uh, most, I hope so. most years are good, but I can just, I just feel a big buck coming, uh, this, this season. Uh, that's another thing that the federal government's trying to do under the Biden administration. They're trying to regulate ammunition. You know, I've said for a long time, that they won't come after the guns, they'll come after the ammo. They'll, they'll change the, either the nature of ammo, uh, ammo, it'll have a shelf life or something of that, or it'll be harder and harder to get. Uh, but they're specifically targeting hunters and specifically when it comes to brass. What's going on with this? Yeah, so it's an attempt to ban lead ammunition is what you're talking lead, about. Lead. And that's your point. That's exactly right. And that's because it's the cheapest alternative and the most common alternative out there. Yeah. And it's interesting if you... You have to look back at history here. There was an attempt during the Obama administration to ban lead ammunition 
across the board through the EPA. And a federal court struck that down. Mm -hmm. So right before Obama left office, his interior secretary came forward with another proposal to ban lead on federal lands uh, managed by the Fish and Wildlife Service. And as soon as Trump's secretary of interior came in under his administration, Ryan Zinke, he rescinded that order. So Mm -hmm. there's been two failed attempts that were big. So they kind of learned their lesson and they're coming back now, Chad, with a smaller incrementalized ban. They're they're starting on areas of federal lands in the mid-Atlantic and northeast, and they're going to ban all lead ammunition for hunting and target shooting. And what will happen is if they're successful with that, they will phase in more and more areas in the coming years. And Mm -hmm. if if Biden's reelected, you could you can look to see it probably expanded to the entire federal land system which is 30% of the country, mm-hmm. and eventually maybe to private land as well. And what they're after, as you've kind of alluded to, um, alternatives to lead are so expensive that it will price many people out of participation yeah. in shooting sports. That's, that's what this is all about. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. And I had brass on my mind when I was bringing that topic up, but it was like, you know, the, if you look at ammunition as it is now, it's already expensive. I mean, it's it's gone through the roof yes. in terms of – what it costs to most people don't want to go to a range anymore you know people have got to get involved and uh, i i really appreciate your voice mark and and what you're doing and you know people got to speak up about this because this is an issue that's not going to get any better without some intervention especially if god forbid joe biden gets reelected. um you know i encourage people to go over to gunowners.org uh, read on these topics uh, and uh, follow up with Mark on things he's doing. You can go to 2A uh, Hunter. It's Hunters, right? On Twitter. Second Amendment Hunters, yes. Yeah, at, 2A Hunters. At 2A Hunters on, uh, on X or Twitter or whatever they call it these days. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, last thoughts, Mark. I mean, is, you know, because I know a lot of people are going to say, well, I call my congressman or whatever. I don't think it does any good anymore. I mean, what initiatives are you guys seeing? Is it, is it, is it effective when these people get their voices involved? It absolutely is effective, and I don't want people to be, be, to be discouraged. Contact your your senators, U.S. senators, and your members of Congress, and say you want Biden. You want them to do something to stop Biden's war on hunters and recreational shooters. You want them to do something about the school issue, and you want them to do something about the lead ban. There are legislation being introduced into Congress. Senator Daines from Montana has introduced a bill to stop the lead ban. And there will be others about the school issue. And, and it absolutely will make a difference. That's the only way we can fight back other than through the courts. And right now, our legislative avenue is the best one on these issues. Perfect. Well, we'll get you back on here soon, Mark. I'm going to see you next week. I'll shoot you a text. But uh, keep yeah, up the fight, brother. Yeah, man. Thanks so hey, much. Chad, thanks for having me on. You bet, brother. Take care. Hey, guys, you know, cleaning guns, it's one of those hassles in life, but it's a necessary one. It's a dirty job, uh, but you got to do it. Those patches can get messy. The rope cleaning uh, boar snakes, yeah, they're not always that effective. Um, I found a better solution for you, and it's Barrel Buddy. Barrel Buddy compresses to fill the interior of your gun's barrel. You just push it through on the rod right there, and it will clean the rifling grooves as well. There's seven different sizes. They'll match any caliber firearm you may own. And Barrel Buddy is composed of polymers that will not leave behind residual particles, so it makes it safer as well. It cleans by scrubbing and collecting the particulates, then absorbs any remaining residue, buffs the interior surface clean. You can even lubricate your firearm while you're cleaning it. 
cleaning your gun. It's an important part of being a responsible gun owner, and Barrel Buddy is a new concept, totally new, in fact, and it's a better way to take care of your firearm, so get you some. Get you some. I guarantee you will love them. Go to BarrelBuddy.com. That's BarrelBuddy.com. We'll be right back. Those of you who have been following me for any length of time know that I have a pretty uh, pretty multicolored background. I've done a lot of things in life. Um, on September 11th, 2001, at the time, I, w- I pastored a church. I was pastoring a church in South Atlanta. I was leading a church. I don't know if I was doing a great job of pastoring them. But I was leading a church in, um, in South Atlanta, Georgia. And we needed a building. We were actually meeting in a tent at the time. We'd put up a big tent. Thing was packed out. But we needed a building. And uh, we were buying property, but we needed something immediately. And so I was out early that morning driving around. I was actually driving in my wife's minivan. I was driving around um, looking for potential buildings to lease or rent. And my cell phone rang and it was a friend of mine from georgia and uh you've met wade trimmer on this show my mentor it was his secretary and she called and she said are you seeing what's happening and i said um no i'm in i'm driving around and she said a plane just crashed into the world trade center and I said, like a small plane, like a Cessna, like a single prop type thing, you know, what happened? And she said, no, a jet plane just crashed into the World Trade Center. I was close enough to a friend's house that uh, was a member of the church. I, I drove over to their house and I got there, walked in. They had the news on and I, and I walked in just in time to, um, to see the second plane hit the World Trade Center. And like you, I was filled with confusion. I, I didn't know what was going on, but I knew something was being orchestrated. This was, this was an attack. Two planes within a few minutes of each other are not just going to fly into the Twin Towers without it being strategically orchestrated. And uh, we were glued to the TVs all that day. I went home uh, to be with my wife and my two very small children. They're my two oldest they were just, you know, babies, toddlers at the time. I think one was three, the other was one. And um, if you remember, when they had no more news to tell, the, the cable networks went out. The cable networks had no, nothing to air. And so we were stuck with just watching the news. And we watched the repeated footage of people dying and the carnage and the buildings collapsing and the missing people. And, the, and then we found out about Pennsylvania. We found out about the Pentagon and uh, the weight, the spiritual weight of what was happening was almost unbearable because the darkness had entered into our country. And... Uh, I remembered that the week before, the Sunday before, just two days before, I had uh, spoken to our congregation from Psalm 23. Sounds kind of stereotypical because it's such a popular passage, but for some reason, I just felt led to speak on the shadow of death. And 
From Psalm 23, I was trying to offer comfort about what life brings us. And the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil and so on. And I thought I had no idea that what was about to happen was going to happen just two days later. And the things that unfolded through that day as we watched in horror as, as lives were lost. And I know there's those of you who would say, well, looking back, it was an inside job. And again, the conspiracy theories aside, innocent people lost their lives that day. And that's a tragedy. And that evening, you know, my kids, they were little. They were three and one. They, they just wanted to watch Blue's Clues or something. Well, Nickelodeon was down. They, they had it off the air. So we had one of those old little small TV VCR combos, you know. So we were feeding tapes into that thing and, and letting the kids watch them. And, and finally, I couldn't take any more. And that evening, about 7 o'clock, I just walked into my kitchen and I started washing dishes. And there in the sink, I broke down and I wept. And, and it, was, it was almost an uncontrollable grief because not only the loss of life and the tragedy, but I knew that something fundamentally had changed in our country. And as I said, a darkness had entered. We were in a spiritual war as well as headed to a physical one. And I think so many things have been unleashed. And in the last 22 years, we've seen such a transformation, much of it or the worse, that uh, we all know at this point that in many ways there's no going back. So I want you guys to never forget. I want you guys to always remember and, and to think about the fact that according to me, and you put your faith in it if you want, I, it's neither here nor there, that's up to you. But I want you to think about the fact that we are in a, a spiritual war. We, we've been, whether you want to call it spiritual, ideological, philosophical, we are. And now we're no longer necessarily at war with a foreign entity as much as we are, or a foreign ideology, but we're at war with one another and our ideologies are clashing. So here we are, folks. We still call ourselves Americans, but it's not the America that we grew up in. And um, the pain is still there. And so I want you to take a minute this evening, say a prayer, have a moment of silence and hold your family and tell them you love them uh, as you remember September 11th, 2001. We'll be right back. I don't know if you guys are still on Facebook. I'm trying to do more and more of those truck video rants you guys love. I'm trying to do them. Nobody ever sees them anymore because Facebook's so damn censored. Um, but go check them out. I put a, I put a, I'm going to start doing some hotel reviews. <laughs> this morning I was at the hotel. I was working out in the gym and this, this, this couple comes in. They were pretty fat. <laughs> and they were, but they weren't coming in to work out. They had a big plate of food, both of them. They had a plate of food. They were cut, they were pissed because they wanted to come in the gym and eat. That's the ultimate fat person move I've ever heard. Oh, I'm trying to get a workout in. I'm yeah. going to go bring the buffet to the gym. They had a big yeah, plate of food. I was in there working out, and they were like, well, we can't stay in here. He's working out. I'm like, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> they, they left. They were kind of huffing out. All right, guys. Um, anyway, <clears throat> I'm going to be in uh, Kansas City. Jesse Payton and I are heading over there Thursday of this week. Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. We got five shows this weekend. Get your tickets at Watch chad.com is where all the fun stuff is and yes i will be 
in Mills, Wyoming next week and Leeds, South Dakota. That is the 22nd and the 23rd. And then popping back over to Granbury, Texas for repeat performance there. They keep having us back. They must like us. WatchChad.com is where the fun stuff is. Don't forget, subscribe to blazetv.com slash Chad. Use promo code Chad. Guess what? We'll be back tomorrow. We love you. God bless you. Bye. Bye.